Dear Dan and Meg, beloved family to Donna and friends, and all here gathered this day, grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. I first bring you greetings from Pastor Schumacher, who is unable to be here today on account of illness, and I know he would have, would have very uh, much been honored to, uh, to do this service and preach the, the sermon here for Donna this morning, but, uh, but he's unable to be here, but he, uh, he made it clear to me that it was uh, his distinct honor and privilege uh, to be pastor both to, to Donna and to Don uh, during their many years of membership here at Bethany, uh, to bring the word of God to them both uh, when they were uh, able to come here and worship with the congregation and also then when they were homebound and, uh, and, and he was bringing, bringing the word of God and the holy sacrament to them in their home. Uh, so know that his, his thoughts and prayers are with you this day, uh, even though he is unable to be here himself. Just a moment ago, you heard Jesus say, let not your hearts be troubled. Now that, of course, is much easier to say than to do. Let not your hearts be troubled. Even though we are gathered here today for the very purpose of mourning the death of Donna, let not your hearts be troubled. Even though the last years of Donna's life were plagued with the devastating effects of dementia, let not your hearts be troubled, even though we gathered here only a year ago to mourn the death of Don. Let not your hearts be troubled. And that, of course, is to say nothing of all the other things in our life that cause our hearts anxiety, worry, and trouble. Let not your hearts be troubled. I am very glad that Jesus did not leave us with only those six words. If he had, they wouldn't be any less true, but they would be incomplete. If let not your hearts be troubled were the only words that Jesus had said to his disciples on that night which he spoke them, which by the way was the night before he would be crucified for the sins of the world, if those had been Jesus' only words that night, well, then we certainly would have our work cut out for us. If all Jesus had said was, let not your hearts be troubled, it would have been up to us to figure out how to make that happen. But all those efforts, of course, would fall short. For what could we possibly do to give our hearts true peace in the face of death? What solution do we have for death besides dressing it up so that it doesn't look so bad? By ourselves, what peace-granting solution would we have for a terminal illness that wreaks havoc not only on the body but also the mind? If all Jesus had said was, let not your hearts be troubled, well then I would have been merely grasping at straws every time I went to see Donna and preach to her. And I would be doing nothing but grasping at straws, even as I speak to you here today. All I would have would be empty and futile psychological advice for how to move on from the death of a loved one. 
But Jesus did not stop after he said, let not your hearts be troubled. Instead, he told us the very reason why our hearts are not to be troubled. And it's not some magic bullet of advice he gives us, telling us a secret list of things that we can do to bring peace to our troubled hearts. Instead, Jesus follows up those words by telling us what he has done for us so that our hearts are not troubled, even in the face of illness and death. Jesus goes on and says to you, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself that where I am, you too may be. The peace that our hearts long for, the peace that our hearts need when faced with the reality of disease and death, both in our loved ones, but also in ourselves, that peace lies in Jesus, going to prepare a place for us in his Father's house. And it also lies in the path that Jesus takes to get there. Christ has indeed ascended to the right hand of God the Father in heaven, and there he is making ready a place for you. He's, made it, he's making ready a place for Nana. Before he ascended, he must first go to the cross. He had to go to the cross and rise again. That was the only path he could take to the right hand of the Father that would do us any good. His path to the Father to prepare a place for us had to include his death and his resurrection. Because he had to die our death so that he could transform it so that for us death is nothing else than the gateway unto everlasting life. Death can no longer harm us. It cannot end our gladness, even as death has not harmed our sister in Christ, Donna. Death cannot harm us because death has been defeated by Christ. And if death could not hold him, then it cannot hold us. Because Christ not only died, but he also rose again from the dead. And by rising, he guaranteed that we too will also rise bodily from our graves. For if, as we confessed at the beginning of the service, if we have been united to Christ by baptism in a death like his, then we must also be united with him in a resurrection like his. We, through baptism, are members of Christ's body. Therefore, Christ cannot rise from the dead without raising us too. And then Christ ascended into heaven and blazed for us the path that we might go where he is gone. And he is coming back to get us, for as he says, if I go to prepare a place for you, 
I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you also may be. And that is what I am here to proclaim this day. This is what I proclaimed to Donna up to the very last week of her earthly life. Days before I di she died, I sang to her these words, Christ comes for you, procuring the peace of sins forgiven. His children, meaning her, his children thus securing eternal life in heaven. It is as if through those words Christ said to her, Donna, let not your heart be troubled. By my death, by my resurrection, by my ascension, I have prepared the path for you to heaven, and I have prepared a place for you in my Father's house. And I am coming back to get you, to take you there, that where I am, you, Donna, may be also. It's not only what I proclaim to Donna, but this is what I proclaim to you, who are gathered here to mourn Donna's death. Let not your hearts be troubled. Why? Because Christ has died. He has risen and he has ascended in order to prepare a place in his Father's house for Donna and also for you. Even now, he has gathered Donna's soul to himself in heaven to await that day when he will raise up that body he will raise it in glory. He will raise it imperishable. He will raise it to be like his glorious body. And he will bring Donna along with all the dead in Christ who are raised on that last day. He will bring her with himself into heaven. And again, Jesus says to you, even as he says to Donna, you know the way to where I am going for I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Donna knew this. She knew it well. Even in the last years of her life, she confessed this, not with her mouth, but her eyes would light up and she would, and she would try to, to speak along as I said with her the words of the Apostles' Creed, as I prayed with her the Lord's Prayer, as I sang to her familiar hymns like Jesus Loves Me, even through the motion of her eyes, she confessed this to be the truth, that Jesus was her savior from sin and death, and that Jesus was her confidence for eternal life. She trusted in Christ alone. She knew that there was salvation in no one else. She knew that there was peace for her troubled heart only in Christ because Jesus is the only one who has destroyed sin and death for her. He is the only one who has destroyed death by his resurrection, and he was the only one who has ascended to the Father to prepare a place for all those who believe in him. Christ did this out of his great love for Donna and his great love for you. As for Donna, she has begun to enjoy the blessings of heaven even now, even while she awaits the fullness of that joy when Christ raises her body. For you, that joy lies completely in the future, but Christ comes with peace for your heart now. 
he is already preparing a place for you in his father's house. This is no grasping at straws. This is no futile psychological exercise because it rests on the sure and certain fact that Christ has died, has risen, and now, even now, sits at the right hand of the Father. Let not your hearts be troubled, says Christ. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to myself, that where I am, you too may be. I also sang these words with Donna just days before she died. And I pray that it will bring you peace and comfort, even as it was a comfort to her and to me while we sat there in those last days. Jesus, my Redeemer, lives. Likewise, I to life shall waken. He will bring me where he is. Shall my courage then be shaken? Shall I fear, or could the head rise and leave his members dead? No, too closely am I bound by my hope to Christ forever. Faith's strong hand the rock has found, grasped it, and will leave it never. Even death now cannot part from its Lord, the trusting heart. And so may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in faith through Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. We rise for prayer.